0: Paul is your Bible teacher today. He has years of experience as a pastor, seminary instructor, and more. Later you will be given information how to reach us. If you have questions you would like addressed, let us know. Maybe you have a need in your life and want to know how the Bible gives answers that apply to us today. Feel free to contact us. Now enjoy the lesson.
1: If you have your Bibles open, then please to Proverbs chapter 1. And I'll say it again, I think I've been saying it Because I want to repeat it over and over that this church has the position and all of our Lord's churches have the need to reach people and teach people. That's the Great Commission. That's what we're here for. To reach people and to teach people. And they are at our doorsteps. And you can tell them, especially if you like a message of this day or that day, tell a loved one, hey, tune in, go back and watch this or see this. You might really be enjoying that or you might get something out of it. However you can use giving out a church pin. Say, oh, come. we're meeting again. Come and join our church. Whatever it might take, use those opportunities to reach people and teach them the truth. In Proverbs chapter 1, we saw verse 7, last week we spent some time here, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Chapter 9 and verse 10, that's really my text today, chapter 9 and verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is true understanding. So we've talked a lot about the fear of the Lord. I talked about Herod, how Herod was afraid of everyone. We talked about Elijah, how he was afraid even though God had given great victory. And then we've looked at the fear that just collapses our life. And then fear is the beginning of knowledge and the reverence of God that we need. And how fear of the Lord leads us to such great potential and great promises. Well, I want to close out with this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So we're going to talk about wisdom. And in the beginning, that's to say the most essential, the controlling principle in wisdom is knowledge of the Holy One, knowing God, coming to know God, a relationship with God which is offered to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. And then having known God, we are to fear God. And that means to have a reverence for God, to hold God in awe, in respect, and then that moves us to worship. And so last week we talked about God is feared and so therefore sin is also feared. And if you don't fear sin, it's because we don't have a right fear of God. When you look at a holy person, I'll show you a person that hates sin and fears God. But show me a person who tolerates sin, and I'll show you a person who doesn't have right respect for God. So they go hand in hand. That's the controlling influence in your life. How you view God is the most important principle of your mind. It's the most controlling reality. is how that you view God. That's what moves you, that's what motivates you. How do you see God? And if you have complete honor and respect toward God, then you're not going to be easily led into sin because you know that it dishonors Him. You respect Him too much to do that. You love Him too much to do that. So having said that, what does it really mean to be educated? We're living in a day and age where there is more education, and I am not anti-education, But there's more education, but let me just ask, what's true education? Is it college? Is it a university? A graduate school? Is it really, is that what really educates a person? What, above all, is critical to your knowing? What's the most important thing to know? What's the most needful? And I think that the answer is, and because the Bible clearly says it, in all of your learning, get wisdom. In everything that you know, get wisdom, spiritual wisdom. And that's why in chapter 2, and that's why I was going over to chapter 2 so quickly, in chapter 2 of Proverbs, verses 1 through 4, he says, My son if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of God. Stop right there, because it goes on, and we're going to look a little more about that, but if we see that The pursuit of wisdom, if we're pursuing it as after silver, you know, we just went through the book of Job in our Bible survey, and I didn't bring out an interesting thing which I learned, that in Job's day, and Job talks about this, they were mining, they were mining for silver, for gold, and for precious jewels. It's interesting because they weren't just digging the earth, but they had explosives, maybe not dynamite like we know it, but they had a type of dynamite that they were digging into the earth and dynamiting in order to get out the precious minerals and jewels from the earth. They were going down into the very heart of the earth, below the surface Job says. Job calls it, even where the eagle's eye has never gone, going way down into the belly of the earth, he describes, down below the deep waters. Down into the waters, the waters on the surface and the waters of the earth to mine out the diamonds and the gold and the silver. I thought that was so interesting to think that this, the oldest book of the Bible describes how they were going in and mining thousands of years ago. That's what Job says. That they do looking for earthly treasure. But nobody can find wisdom. And here it says that if you're going to find anything, find wisdom. If you're searching for anything, search after wisdom. Make your ear attentive. If you don't want to listen to anything else, listen for wisdom. Turn your heart toward wisdom. Ask God, plead for discernment. Lift up your voice and ask for understanding. From Proverbs 1 through 2, It just talks about the virtues. It extols the virtues of wisdom. It lives high. If you want to be wise in this world, it will tell you exactly how to do it. And you can read that for yourself. And then, in fact, the whole eighth chapter of Proverbs speaks to having true wisdom. Again, it personifies wisdom. And that is, it shows it as a person. And it has the very same emphasis as here is a person that's calling out. And I'll just sum it up, verse 11 says, Wisdom is better than rubies, and all the desirable things cannot compare with her. The most important thing you can ever gain in this world, not treasure, but wisdom. And that leads us then to ask that question, what is wisdom? Well, in the Greek, the New Testament word for wisdom is the word Sophia. Sophia, to the Greek mind, it meant a concept Uh, having an understanding, to be able to comprehend something, to analyze something, to think about it, to come to a comprehension in regard to all that it entailed. But that's not the sense of the Hebrew. And here the Hebrew word is hakam. And what it means is to have a skill in living. So you see, in the Greeks, they were kind of mystical and, and esoteric. They were kind of transcendent in their thoughts. They wanted to think these great thoughts of grandeur. The concrete meaning and the Hebrew brought you right down to how do you live. And that's the idea of the Hebrew. Much more concrete in its term, how to think. And it l- really means the skilled in living. Learn how to live skillfully. That's the issue. That's the issue of wisdom. You want to pursue something? pursue skillful living, pursue wisdom in every aspect of your life. Now that's really the call from the book of Proverbs, isn't it? You can see it repeated a number of places. And if you're reading through Proverbs every day, today being the fourth, read Proverbs 4, you'll see it wisdom over and over cries out, Chapter 2 and also in chapter 8, like verse 1, it says, Wisdom cries out in the street. Wisdom pleads and pleads and pleads is the idea. It's an ongoing. And will you not listen and will you not hear? It says, Oh, you simple ones or Oh, you naive ones. Oh, you fools. Oh, you people who lack discernment. Why will you not turn to wisdom? That's what wisdom is calling out. And that's why we see her as a a woman standing out, calling out to the streets. And it shows the negative side of the evil woman who's calling out to bring those that will listen to the evil into the paths of hell. But here wisdom shown as a woman crying out. If you want true understanding. Don't be naive. Don't be a fool. Don't lack discernment. Seek after wisdom. Hi. Let me interrupt for just a moment and update you with some information. You can now contact us at schoolofministryresources.org or biblelandmarks.com. We also now live stream services on landmarkstockton, all one word, .com. Or you can see us on Facebook at Landmark Missionary Baptist Church of Stockton. We look forward to hearing from you. We would love to send you information. So thank you and back to our podcast. And we've seen the benefits of fearing the Lord that prolong life. The fearing of the Lord is more profitable than wealth. According to 1516, fearing the Lord brings an abundant life. And fearing the Lord keeps one from evil results in blessings, sometimes as riches, sometimes an honor. Proverbs 22 says fearing God produces humility. And he says that all throughout Proverbs. So those who fear God sleep satisfied, untouched by evil. Chapter 19 says those who fear God have confidence. They're as bold as a lion. Those who fear God will be honored and praised. Those who fear God will have their prayers answered. And all of that is here in the book of Proverbs. And this is the crucial lesson. Fear God. Have reverence, have awe, have respect. Come to know Him. Come to love Him. To respect Him. To honor Him. That's the beginning of everything. We talked about that so much last week. And that in itself is an intense study that will really take your time. But let's go to the second one because we want to introduce that you can study these for yourself in Proverbs. But the second very essential component in seeking wisdom is guarding your mind. The positive side of wisdom is that you're seeking to honor God. The negative side is that you prevent the polluting stuff from coming in. Can I put it that way? You are resisting the pollution of your mind by ungodliness. In the book of Proverbs, the writer of Proverbs talks about you simple ones, simpletons, you naive ones. In the Hebrew language it says, oh simple ones in chapter 1 and it repeats that. Oh you naive ones, oh you simple ones. The word simple in Hebrew really means an open door. We've seen the language is very concrete. Have you ever just left your door open? Now we kind of live out up in the foothills and the kids woke up this morning and about as far as the pew is, not very far, but 10 feet, something like, there were deer walking. Now, I think that if the door had been open, they would have come right in. Now, sometimes we leave the door open and we find little lizards in the house. And sometimes we find big lizards in the house. And we find all kinds of things. And one day Sylvia and I were cleaning the garage. The garage door was open and she's standing there. And right behind her, a little mouse ran by. I didn't want to say anything. Now she knows. And so what did I do? I just set a trap out and the mouse ended up taking off. I'm sure because I haven't seen any traces of it and I didn't catch it. But you see what happens when you leave the doors open? You don't know what's going to run in. You don't know what's going to make its way into the house. And that's why the idea is don't be simple, close the door, (laughs) okay? The book of Proverbs tells us if you're going to have an open door, and, and it's a great way to look at your mind. That's the way the Hebrews viewed the mind. And they said that a simpleton, a naive person, a fool, is one who has their minds, door, wide open all of the time. Everything came in, everything goes out. What does it mean? It means that they were unable to discriminate. They could not choose. There was an inability to discriminate. And the, the inability to protect yourself, to keep some things out, to hold some things in. It's like the person who says, I'm an agnostic. They're kind of proud of it have a young man that calls me ever so often. I like to take his calls because he's so proud of being an agnostic. So I looked the word up, and you know in the dictionary, it leads you back to the Latin. And in the Latin, the word agnostic means ignoramus. Have you ever heard somebody says, I'm an agnostic and I'm proud of it. Now I want to lead them back to that and say, so you would say you're an ignoramus and you're proud of it. Well, that's what it means. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, it's the same thing. It means, I don't know what I don't know. I don't know and I don't know. It's kind of that, that theory that, uh, that goes on. And you hear people say all the time, I have an open mind. Well, the Hebrew would say, shut the door. Shut it. Don't have an open mind to everything. You need to be discerning. You need to know what to let in and what to keep out. I don't want the deer in my living room. You know, I might like to watch them out there in the field, but they don't come inside, (laughs) right? There are some things that I want to keep out. Guard your mind. Guard your mind. That's what wisdom says. And that's what you need to get. If you are an educated person, you want to be able to live life to the fullest, but you need to fear God. That's the positive side. You need to guard your mind to protect it from evil influences. The guardians of the mind, wisdom, will keep you. And in James, by the way, let's just go over to James chapter 3. Because James is such an interesting book. And I'm going to kind of try to finish up here in James, in chapter 3 and verse 13. Because James gets right to the point. He delves right into it. And let's read from verse 13 through 17. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruit without partiality without hypocrisy. I'm gonna stop right there. Here is a marvelous teaching about spiritual wisdom. Wisdom is such a magnificent word. It speaks of all that's best, of all that's desirable. It is the highest attainment that anyone can achieve. Cicero the philosopher about 52 years before Christ said that wisdom is the best gift of the gods and is the mother of all good things. I think scripture affirms that. Scripture affirms that God is the giver of wisdom and that we are to seek after wisdom. Proverbs 4, 7 says, acquire wisdom and with all your acquiring, get understanding. Not all those who claim to have wisdom really have it. That's James' point here. James is talking about just because somebody says that they're wise, Verse 13, who is wise and understanding among you? That's the question. Is everybody? Not those who claim it necessarily, it's implied. But let him show by his good behavior, his deeds in the gentleness and meekness of wisdom. You can't just claim it. You can't just speak it. You've got to show it. Divine wisdom, spiritual wisdom shows up in a changed life. Notice again, verse 13, let him show it by what is good behavior, by his good deeds. Now you'll notice the word behavior there is kind of general. And it means action, movement, activity. And it can be translated lifestyle. Let your lifestyle in general, that's the idea of that. But then it comes to the idea of a very specific word, deeds. So that speaks of individual acts. So this man who has spiritual wisdom, divine wisdom, godly wisdom, will show in a general lifestyle that composite will be made up specifically of wise acts. Does that make sense to you? So the whole life, as we look at it in its whole terms, is going to be because it's in individual deeds that make up the whole lifestyle, the composite of the life. And you'll notice that, and take a mental note, that wisdom, in God's view, is not what you know, it's how you live. You're not wise unless you know that it shapes your life. In fact, the biggest fool is that one who knows it and does not allow it to control his life who knows the truth. Furthermore in verse 13, there's an attitude behind this lifestyle and the manner of specific acts. And this is the general attitude in the gentleness of wisdom. As we go on, we see that the word gentleness is often translated as meekness. Basically is the idea of humility. I think I told you about a young man that I knew in prison. He was a Filipino. In the Philippines, the mother died and his father was uh, able to take him into China. And because he couldn't care for his son, he left him in a Shaolin temple and he learned from the time he was a little boy, the art of Kung Fu, the art of self-defense. And I met him one day and I knew him from the chapel and he was a dedicated Christian, nice young man and kind of not very stocky, thin, quiet. Come to know Christ. I believe he's out even preaching Christ somewhere in the Bay Area now. But one day, his family sent him a nice package. He got his package and he went. He lived in the gymnasium and he put that in the gym and locked it in his locker. And about four guys, four toughs, came and they pushed the pin out of the hinges of the locker and took his package. He said, Give it back. I want those things back going to have to make us. And I watched from the door of that gymnasium that in less than a minute, he put four men into the hospital. He said, all right, you're going to give it back? They did not know the strength that he had and kept under control. The abilities that he had that he kept under control. They thought he was just a little wimpy guy, a little weakling. Did not know his past. You see, that's what meekness is. Meekness is not boastful. It's not out like those four toughs that say, we can handle anybody, we can handle you. (laughs) Not knowing who they're dealing with. When we think of Jesus Christ, He came in meekness and humility, not realizing that He was the very Creator, the God of this world. So you see, that's the idea of meekness, strength under control. doesn't mean that you're weak. It means that it's controlled, that it's mild, that you're holding it in. That is truly a wise person, shows that in a lifestyle generally. And in the specific acts of his life, are going to show that he is holy, he's godly, he's obedient, his he moral virtues. It's the whole attitude of his life that's gentle, that's meek, that has a humble
0: heart. Thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the message. If you want to hear Paul in person and are in the Stockton, California area, we invite you to join us at Landmark Missionary Baptist Church, 301 East Alpine Avenue, that's near the University of the Pacific. He brings the Bible message every Sunday at 11 a.m. and other times as listed. We trust you've been encouraged, challenged, or generally built up spiritually. If this lesson has sparked questions on this or other topics, please see our contact information in the description or email us at scl of ministry at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.